106.5 WFMP, this is Community Control Now, the show seeking democratic community control of public institutions with a particular interest in the U.S. policing apparatus. I'm your host, Vincent Gonzalez, slamming Cadillac doors, Michael T., man, say what's up to the people. You know my steed. Yo, Community Control Now seeks to end the rampant abuses by the state that particularly harm persons of color and the economically disadvantaged. Community Control Now believes in all power to all press people all over the world. For today's show, we're going to look at critical race theory. It's been a hot-button issue in the news, in the school boards, and other places of academia. We're going to see how this pertains to the current movements we find ourselves in, who's on these other sides of these struggles, and how we can come up with some solutions to uh, advocate for the way things are right now. So, let's kick it off here. How you doing, my brother? What's happening? Yo, man. How's it been since the last time we uh, filmed the show here? Struggle, struggle, and more struggle. Fight yeah, the power. Man. I can dig it, man. Yeah, we got to get it out the mud here. Um, you know, I've been kind of working the locks here, uh, putting up a lot of work. Shout-outs to the Louisville Care Bears, subsidiary of Black Lives Matter Louisville. Mm. We're doing this gunshot wound care kit, uh, some tourniquets, packing wound guys, trying to get uh, that in the hands of as many people in West Louisville as possible. Um, any of our dear listeners of uh, WFMP, check that out at the uh, Black, Lives Louisville, Black Lives Matter Louisville website. So let's get into it, man. I know this is a subject. You've been keeping your eyes on this critical race theory thing um you man months ago before it became a hot button thing you was telling me about how it's uh really ramped up and uh many persons have uh they're organizing and protesting around the abolition of the critical race theory it being taught in the schools I guess, first of all, to get a, a foundation of what we're dealing with here, what is critical race theory? Well, basically, it's an approach to, or originally started as an approach to law in the 1970s. Uh, it's usually attributed to a guy by the name of Eric, uh, Derek Bell. Uh, and I recently found out that uh, my favorite historian, Gerald Horn, was part of that group of uh, law students and professors who were looking at U.S. law in the context of white supremacy and racism. Um, and that's on one level. Uh, but we could also view critical race theory as the continuation of a radical critique of the entire U.S. society, including law, education, history, the historical narrative. Radical critique. Yes. Uh, something that um, <laughs> dates back to uh, the first, uh, the beginnings of the black rebellions and resistance to slavery. So... In a historical sense, we can trace it back to that. Now, the term itself came into coinage 
um, popular coinage, I should say, in the 21st century, uh, a lot since the um, emergence of Black Lives Matter, when a lot of young activists, uh, especially in the educational institutions, began to uh, demand that black history and the history of social justice struggles be taught in these schools. Uh, they wanted to understand how uh, these institutions reproduce racism and white nationalism, and much of it even became uh, a critique of capitalism. Um, actually, I think it... Uh, uh, it doesn't go far enough to critique that. That's the only problem I have with that. Uh, because as we know, racism, white supremacy is connected to, to capitalism. And, uh, and the CRT basic framework is against all types, of, all types of subordination, of which there was none greater than the turning of black people from Africa into real estate into property to profit from. So historical analysis that seeks to tell the truth, if you will, about the good, bad, and ugly yes. of the founding of this nation, um, you know, the legalist sort of perspective gives it credence that how we shape these social constructs is uh, heavy and uh, let me give it a second here. It's got an ambulance going. But so social construct of how we view race in this town because or I'm sorry, in this nation. So because if you don't if you just look at the letter of the law of everything and maybe you have some statistics behind you. Mm -hmm. You would think that maybe this is uh, baked in the psych, the, the psyche. Uh, some of these, uh, you know, the mass incarceration, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the violent crime being concentrated in one side of town. You would think that there was maybe something within the psyche of these persons mm -hmm. that that are committing these crimes, or you know, having these difficulties, critical race. Looks uh, maybe takes a, a, a zoom out approach and views the constructs that got us to the place we are now. Exactly. And, you know, it's important to mention that when they talk about the term critical race theory, uh, much of this goes back to uh, the, uh, the radical intellectuals in Germany uh, in the 20s and 30s who were struggling against the emerging fascist trend there. And they were trying to uh, put together some ideas uh, about the oppressed and the oppressors, even in the context of, of German history. Now, a lot of these guys had to flee, you know, with the rising tide of fascism, uh, Herbert Marcuse and some others. And they came to the United States and they continued their theoretical explorations, and they called that critical theory— you know, frameworking social life from the view that there are oppressed people and there are oppressors, which, you know, that's not hard to, 
to see in any society. Uh, but many of our brothers and sisters in the 70s adapted that critical approach, if you can dig it, to the struggle that we were involved in in the United States. I mean, who is more oppressed than, than we are? So, um, you know, and I just want to say also, you know, for our listeners who uh, might be wondering how this connects to community control. Uh, and it connects in the sense that our struggle has to happen on all fronts. This is not just a struggle against police repression, even though we know that's a critical, no pun intended, part of it. It's not just for better housing. It's for our human rights, as Malcolm X used to say, and our self-determination. Um, and... Um, so a critical front of that fight is in the educational realm, on, on, in these schools, in these uh, educational institutions. And that's a critical battle. So when we talk about community control, we've got to control the educational institutions in our communities. Absolutely. Now, when people say, okay, well, uh, what does that mean? really mean, break that down even further. That means when we talk about the community, you know, there's two levels of community. There's one where we're talking about the actual spatial community, mostly communities, people by black and brown and other people like that. And we're also talking about the community of parents and students who have a stake in these schools, whose kids go to these schools, so that automatically makes them part of that community, and also the educators and the workers at these schools. These are the people who should be controlling the school, schools. That's yeah. the community, not some far-off distant you know, rich people living in suburbia and in other places who who have no real stake in these schools other than making money or yeah. furthering their careers. We're talking about the people who go to these schools, have kids in these schools, work in these schools. Mm -hmm. I mean, considering for 13 years, uh, most children in this community will spend, you know, upwards of six or more hours a day in these institutions and over time some of the basic tenets of, of how they you know teach and analyze these things can uh, you know it, it can create some uh, you know some constructs some psyches if you will um, we touched on a little bit back at your crib you know how things were taught before critical race and, and, you know, being in a school district where they don't have that sort of lens. I mean, I, you know, I guess pre-K through 12, <laughs> went to Jefferson County Public Schools in this town. And I remember being taught such things as, you know, we had to intern Japanese Americans. They were <laughs> our enemies. You, you know, um, the South was just, you know, it was uh, northern aggression, yeah, you know, states rights, rights <laughs> and, you know. It was, it, if you don't have the underpinning and the knowledge to combat those things, you know, these are adults teaching this thing. And it may may have been from some sort of curriculum. 
Yes. But if you don't have an underpinning of it, I think it, it, I, I, I can speak for myself, but it does affect your psyche. Yeah. So we have a group of citizenry here, you know, young black persons being taught things and as it pertains to self-determination and how you see yourself. Yes. Um, certain burdens are, are being bestowed upon a, a part of our of our community. So yes. it's very important. Yes, and you know, and um, education gives you a frame of reference along with the information that you get, and it ideally helps you see your place in the world. I think so. And that is so important. I mean, for everyone. But particularly African-Americans, when you think about our history, that we were brought here chattel slaves. Now, part of that process, in addition to exploiting our labor, was the shattering of our cultures, a shattering that continues to this day. I mean, we've, in a way, recreated a culture. I mean, we pulled from here, pulled from there, white cultures, you know, uh, as you've heard me say, Huey Newton says, we're probably the first world people because our cultures were shattered. Mm -hmm. So we had to draw on everybody else's culture and what remained and what Mm -hmm. we remembered from Africa. It's its own unique culture, I guess, from the unique shared trauma of the transatlantic slave trade. There's some uh, parallels that we share with persons in other parts of the Americas because the same thing happened across this supposed new world, you know, the degradation, um, white supremacist lens of chattel slavery. So, you know, we, we, when, you, when we view it, we're looking at just, you know, where, uh, let's see how to say this, um, you know, it, it's, it's its own unique thing that we have to be very mindful of, um, you know, because it's we, we, we can't we can't one to one translate it from other struggles, perhaps. Yeah. We used to say years ago when I was at a Black Panther Party that, you know, we need a sense of identity, mm-hmm. who we are. Yeah. Uh, purpose. Purpose. Absolutely. Okay, what do you exist to do? I mean, you can mm-hmm. have many purposes. And how are you going to get there? Direction. Direction. Yeah. And that's what we're lacking. Yeah. And in many cases, the parents, you know, of these students lack that. They mm-hmm. haven't figured that out. Yeah. They know that I got to get some money to eat and mm-hmm. to survive. But beyond that, yeah. for a lot of us, it means nothing. Well, and I remember years ago reading uh, where um, Harriet Tubman um, said that she could have freed many more slaves. Have you heard this before? Had, had they known they were slaves. Now, 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 now that, that tells you how brainwashed some of the slaves were. Now, here you are clearly in, in slavery, yeah. in total bondage, mm-hmm. slave master raping your wife, your kids, your boys, and everything like that, and yet there were some yeah. enslaved people who didn't even realize it was slavery because yeah, they was, had been taught... Mm-hmm. indoctrinated the, this is not slavery yeah, this the is cruel, the normal life the cruelty of it was uh, you know pretty you know it had some uniformality but the the reaction to that trauma uh, you know was not monolithic so you know you had some purpose people of that time who understood I clearly mean, they, like they Harriet Tubman they freed, <laughs> I mean thousands of you know what I mean and I mean, how many how many others were were thwarted, and you know we see all the which is a part of critical race theory, mm-hmm. um, and and sort of current 
yeah. ways of teaching it is how they they suppress these uprisings. Yeah. What that means, I man, I remember being a kid and and was man, I I remember having the question and having it unanswered. I'm like, how did they overpower us? You know, how did how did things get this far? Not understanding the power structures around it mm-hmm. and the the I mean just abject cruelty the yeah. links and then it goes I mean this is this is so yeah I, I, I love how you said you know we're talking about this is a battle against hearts and minds here yeah and, and then telling that story like you're talking about how do we get in this position I mean I mean we have to be honest and principled part of how we got in this position is because in Africa we were not united just like the native tribes here yeah. who I mean there were 500 native indigenous tribes Mm -hmm. in the new world. Now, they had been united. Those few explorers who started trickling to the new world couldn't have, could not have defeated them in North, Central, and South America, nor could have they subjugated those people in Africa. But because we weren't united, I mean, Mm -hmm. we had a lot of good things going for us. We had great kingdoms, but people were on uneven levels of development. There was Mm -hmm. not total unity. Perhaps they couldn't have envisioned just the level that Europeans would Yeah, I mean who could I mean even in my greatest imagination I could not even envision to love you you you're te- you know to completely suppress and subjugate someone to the lowest common denominator. I mean I just I mean yeah, I hear to this day I hear people say that like this is a curse. I mean, I could. Could you imagine if you don't have a critical analysis of yes. it, how you could? It could you, seem you, like you, that. It could sort of seem like that. And I mean, it's so important that we we keep our eyes on this. And I remember in eleventh grade, and this shows you what the real curse of indoctrination is. My black typing teacher told us. Now, this had nothing to do with typing. We were just talking off the cuff, you know, because it was during that period when there were uprisings and, you know, we were all in the struggle. And I think uh, not too long after that, I joined the Panther Party. So we were talking about, you know, black and white stuff. And she said, well, you know, the real reason you're oppressed. And then she goes into this story about Ham in the Bible. Mm-hmm. The curse of Ham. After mm-hmm. the great flood. Mm-hmm. And they had docked, and, you know, the land was dry, and they were partying, and Noah, Ham's father, got drunk and got naked. And his son, Ham, one of his sons named Ham, looked upon his nakedness. And for doing that, he was cursed by God that all of his progeny would be marked with the curse of blackness. That's that's actually what the uh, Church of Latter-day Saints taught for a number of years and, and why black persons could not be a part of their ministry. And this was a black woman yeah, this is, these, these, telling us this. But I tell you, <laughs> present day, these thoughts still remain and persist where, you know, people, in, in lieu of critical <laughs> social psychological analysis mm-hmm. that's based in evidence-based practices, science, you, you find yourself um, sort of grasping at straws here. But, before we uh, sort of, uh, you know, touch on some more critical race theory, I do want to remind our dear listeners that you are listening to 106.5 WFMP. This is Community Control Now. Vincent Gonzalez, Michael T. We're talking about critical race theory here, all the different components to it. We have a current struggle 
in Jefferson mm-hmm. County Public Schools that we're keeping our eyes on. We're uh, actually going to the, I think it's the 27th. We're going to the school board meeting and we're going to speak on with a uh, shout out to Gay Alderman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're teaming up with some of her forces uh, because we, you know, you in particular, man, I'm going to give you, give you your due. You, you've been very astutely on this thing and, and paying attention to it. And it's, you know, I think it's it's so crucial now that there's organized forces that are, that are combating some of these things. I think in the second half, we're going to really touch on, you know, some of the reactions that are out here. Mm-hmm. But uh, for now, just uh, you said uh, pros and cons here. What's uh, one of the... You know the strongest points that you could see critical race theory. I'm go, I'm going under the presumption that you you're mostly in agreement with the the concepts of critical race theory. Yes, here. I yeah. think that essentially it is something we need to fight for. I think much more needs to be said. Like I said earlier, uh, my problem is it doesn't go far enough. Yeah, I mean right they're upset about that, mm-hmm. but the real story. Yeah would make them blow their minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we're, we're, it's really, thing. it's you You perhaps would say they're, they're kind of, they're being somewhat kind here with their, <laughs> we're just saying on a base level, let's critically analyze and just, it's a fact-finding mission or, or you know, just putting out the truth mm-hmm. and just let's say what actually happened here. I'll give you another way of approaching it. You know, it's like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Uh-huh. Now, they can't really accept Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. And those who do sort of, you know, do grudgingly or, yeah, I'm down with King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they can't, if they find difficulty with that, imagine knowing then, about Malcolm X. yeah. See, yeah. that's where I wanted to go to and further. It's, yeah, these things are <laughs> so reactionary that we can't, we can't even have an adult conversation about them and, and what they look like. And we, but we know that the truth will set us free. You yes. know, so that's why we, you know, staying on that. Now, you were saying about the role of capital on these things. You feel like it doesn't uh, really ha- have a wealth of information about that. The, I mean, in your research, would you stick to that? Yeah, and see, and that's the other thing is that, you know, they're trying to the the detractors and the opposition, are saying that you know that critical race theory is really all about communism and Marxism, and they hate capitalism, and of course, the people who started it weren't saying that at all, but that's how the opposition is taking it. Now, one of the reasons that they're doing that is because they know when you start talking about white supremacy and patriarchy and any number of things, eventually you got to talk about the money. Mm-hmm. You got to talk about who owns what. Yeah. Who has power? And that goes into questions of capitalism and who owns the means of production, all like that. And that's what they don't want. And if you think about it, and this is something that the Panthers taught you me years write some ago, checks. <laughs> is that yeah. to invoke the Black Liberation Movement. This is how deep our movement is. It unravels the whole system. 
because we hold up the whole system. Yeah. Capitalism itself was based on slavery. Yeah. That was the primary way the capitalists got their money. We were the capital. <laughs> we were the capital. Our bodies. Right? We've always been the most exploited. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about black oppression, we're talking about economics. Yes. And that's what they're most afraid of. So they're raising this thing of, you know, the communist boogeyman. And, if you, and, and for people who know black history, you know that during the civil rights struggle, they did the same thing. Yeah. Martin Luther King's a communist. Everybody's a communist. You know, uh, um, you know, uh, all of this is um, uh, communist yeah. um, manipulating yeah, black people. Like, we're jokes. so stupid. Mm-hmm. We can't figure out our own struggle. We got to have some communists come and tell us we're oppressed. Right, which is more racism. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the 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 implication being that if these communists didn't tell us this, we'd be happy, we'd yeah. be content, we wouldn't yeah. even be upset about none of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they don't want you to talk about it. They don't want you to research and look at what they did or what you know the ancestry, the the role of capital and how it to this day. Uh, divides us, and it's like, what do you, what, what do you want us to do here? You know, so that's, uh, I'm, I'm almost, it's almost as if they're being disingenuous or something. I they don't know. They want us to shut up, <laughs> as <laughs> they <laughs> told LeBron, shut up and play ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, entertain us. While still, yeah. Work for us. If I mean, because our role you are, here, you are an accessory. Yes. To my white supremacist, yeah. you know, fermentation or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like. Uh, you know, so it's kind of hard sometimes. But these are the forces we're up against. Yes, you know, we, we have to, to know we them. have to be uh, organized and you know critically understand what we're dealing with here. And I don't know, man. It's just it feels like sometimes we're on the defensive. If we and we can touch on this in the second half, but yeah. um, some of the reactions we've seen here to that reactionary lens of you know this is it's all hogwash. We don't need any of that. This is going to upset people. You know, I I haven't seen too much that's that's really going in hard, you know, and it, it may be uh, something, you know, a, a a point of struggle that, you know, others in this town need to take up upon. So we got another minute here. Mm-hmm. Uh, any closeouts? Uh, we can, you know, like I said, we'll put it back on for the second half. Well, I think in the second half, uh, we need to um, make people aware of uh, what the opposition, uh, more aware of what the opposition is saying so they can be able to pick up on that because there are very uh, there are a number of uh, reasons, all bogus, that uh, the opposition to CRT uh, are giving for why they oppose it. Yeah. So... Closing out, community control now. Final shout-outs. Anything you'd like to say to the people? Free Mumia Abu-Jamal and Leonard Beltier. Right on. Man, this is a love letter. It's going to be very short to West Louisville. The side of town I grew up on, man. Mm-hmm. I know this has been a lot, a lot of stuff, man. Two babies, two 16-year-olds were murdered on Cecil a couple mm. of days ago. Uh, and I mean, I can, I mean, it can break you down to the gristle, you know, just like 
seeing how like there's just subsets of our society that have you know they're they're all been any public institution has has been just woefully neglected you know mm-hmm. and and you know it could feel like there's no reprieve or end in sight here but I mean just wanted to shout out the work we're trying to do here and the forces that we that we seek to uh, amass amongst anybody doing the work. If you are doing the work in this town of liberating oppressed people, then you are a comrade. So all the persons uh, that are doing this work, we're coming together, and, and I would like to tell you all, man, help is on the way. We got the trauma bag uh, set up here. We're giving out tourniquets and wound-packing gauze, teaching people, man, it was... And it kind of warmed my heart, man. Six year old was learning how to do this thing, you know, how to how to put on a tourniquet. But, you know, I think our forces are strong, man. I, and I just I want I want everybody out there to keep their heads up. So, community control now. Let's get free.